0: What is up, y'all? Uh, welcome into the Hold That Podcast podcast. If it sounds a little echoey like we are recording in an open-air room on a laptop, it's because we are. Uh, T-Bob bear here. I am currently in Brody Miller's hotel room. Um, we are in Atlanta. Uh, we're, we're taking the show on the road. Once again, it'll be the last show from my house. Sorry this didn't come earlier in the week, but with Christmas and everything, everything got real wonky. Chose your family over the show. I did choose my family over the show. Um, Unfortunately, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? The Hold That Podcast sitting, podcast should always come first.
1: I was sitting alone in my hotel room all day on Christmas, just doing nothing, waiting
0: for you to show up and record a podcast with me, and I found out you were with your family? Yeah, I know, I know. I thought about doing something over the phone, and I was like, eh. It's Christmas. I'm chilling. It was awesome, though, dude. First Christmas with a kid who can actually oh, cool. appreciate gifts, and uh, it was great. I built a, a little cottage house thing for her that's a little cafe, and uh, it took me about 12 hours, um, but it was all worth that She loved it, and did you like this name? So it's a little cafe set up, okay. and her name is Alice. Of course. So I named the cafe The Rabbit Hole. I think that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I'm okay. It's obvious, but like, it's good. No, but I think it's, it just works on overall. I like, agree. I, I
1: completely agree. I would
0: go have a drink at the Rabbit I Hole. I was going to, uh, I didn't want to say that. I'm like, I, that I, sounds like a great dive ball. Like, I like uh, yes. Like, and that's oh, the vibe to... that the little cottage like, gives. The no, Rabbit Hole, it was a good night, huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I hope everyone had a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year coming up. Um, Brody Miller of The Athletic, T-Bob here. Once again, buy all your specialty <laughs> meets at A-Bear's specialty meets, specifically the ones on Jefferson and in Prairieville, and subscribe to The Athletic because if you aren't, you are legitimately missing out uh, on the best sports writing site there is. And I'm not paid by them. Um, I pay for them, but I just love it. Uh, well, all right, Brody. Well, I fund your lifestyle. Uh, well, I fund, no, I fund your lifestyle. What are you talking about? I am the... I'm the money man in this relationship. You have never, well, no, but I'm saying I literally pay the company that you work for for access to your work. Well, that's <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I literally fund your lifestyle.
1: like, And we record at your studios. So.
0: Le- legitimately fund right. your lifestyle. Uh, right. Thank you for, I you, am your sugar daddy. Thank you for putting my kids through college. Come suckle from my fat boobs. I'm sorry. That's my own insecurities leaking through. I got on a scale the other day. We went to, bio or pennington biomedical research center for a uh like <laughs> that? thing that we're, I'm, i just gotta get this off yeah, no, please do, and please do. um kind of test where our body's at and i was killing dude. i had like a 26 inch vert still recovery rate and my breathing was great powerful legs all this stuff then i got on the scale 295 same I'm almost 300 again bro it's not good well, I've, I've been thinking for years possible, about right? 280 yeah yeah sure no, I'm getting fat over the holidays. So that's um, everyone does. I know it's easy know. to lose that. I know. I hope so. I hope also so. Also, if you
1: shave the beard, that's twelve. Like the
0: self-esteem's a little low right now. But thank you. You're right. The, the shaving the beard would make you look better. But I'm not gonna you shave don't it. Get a little chunky. We're all there. We're all there, buddy. It's winter. I like straight. to say it's. That's yeah, true. That's terrible. It, it, I like to say though that it's winter, and yeah. I'm just I'm just bulking up for a yeah. little for a cu- little cold weather. Cold season. Little hibernation. Cuddle up on the couch. Yeah. Um, You're just providing warmth for your daughter. and I think that makes you a good papa. That's a good point. Yeah. Thank you. So I feel better now. And I also feel good about this LSU team. Oh, which, God. What a segue. we should probably talk about because here we are in Atlanta. We are here the day before the game. So hopefully you listen to this uh, before the game starts. Uh, because we're going to talk about this game. And I guess I'll just start it, bro. But when I look at this LSU-Oklahoma matchup, uh, although I see two offenses that are – basically equivalent um maybe LSU has a slight edge yeah. um I, I I see two defenses that are not and yes both defenses will struggle to stop the opposing offense but I feel like eventually LSU is just better and I think they separate in time And and then there's other advantages like Oklahoma turns the ball over way too much they're terrible penalty wise yeah 129th in the country out of 130 teams Jeez. they average 75 penalty yards a game terrible I don't know that. yeah and then they're like 110 in turnover ratio they're minus seven on the year lSU's plus eight I think they're 15. Yeah. so yeah. like I said distinct advantages for LSU going into this game
1: yeah and you have know, throw are all those other factors like Clyde over to you know play that's obviously changes a little bit about LSU's offense but then Oklahoma's out by far their best pass rusher than Ronnie Perkins that's you could probably argue that's actually a trade-off in the grand scheme of things. Um, but, yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: exactly. But, There's no excuse for LSU. Oklahoma's down their best pass rusher in a game. They haven't played Joe Burrow. And Oklahoma lost other starters due to injury and suspension. So, even if Clyde doesn't play or is not a 100%, that's not a get-out-of-jail-free card no. for LSU. Yeah, in
1: the grand scheme of things, I mean, LSU is, you know, a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Like yeah. Like, in a playoff game. Like, just think about that. So, I mean, LSU is just better in every, you know, they they, they, they firmly believe they're way better in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They, they think they can attack Oklahoma's safeties pretty well. I mean, like, there's just very few areas, I think, that when LSU looks at this game, and maybe may LSU's a little biased, maybe they're a little confident, but there are very few areas what they look at and say, Oklahoma's an advantage. Really, the only one might be Hertz's ability to get to the perimeter.
0: How about, uh, so, how about um, Jamar Chase's comments yesterday? Just basically being like, here, I'm going to scoot this over so you get yeah, a little closer yeah. to this mic. Uh, but, yeah, Jamar Chase is being like, I mean, they're kind of fast, but, you know, a couple of them are pretty slow. And then Patrick Queen talking about how, like, yeah. we're going to dominate these dudes. I mean, look, I love it because I'm very much of the... I like guys to have the prize fighter attitude where if you're the man, you know, say it. a great heavyweight, like the, the, the greats ones that you love that stick with you are the ones who talk that shit before the match and who get you engaged. Now you got to go follow it up. Now the thing is, I'm not worried about Jamar chase though. Like oh. he's going to dominate those corners. Yeah. Patrick Queen Patrick saying Queen. that. All right, Patrick, let's see, because you got a challenge coming up, man. Like
1: everyone on Alabama's run game averages more than seven yards per carry. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not like it. But no, you actually set me up well, because I literally just posted a column this morning on this very topic. And I kind of what I wrote was basically like LSU sounds really confident right now. And it's making a lot of people mad. Oklahoma <laughs> people mad, fairly rightfully, so I'd be annoyed if I saw that. But that's not specific to Oklahoma. That is, and what my column says is basically mm. that has been the story of actually the kind of the cultural shift of this entire season. I sure think was really something to that. Sure, scheme and burrow and all these things are the real things, but there's a subtle thing that there is this just drastic change. We talked about on this pot a decent amount of just how LSU views itself. So, you know, that last year was tightness. It was this team trying to, like, prove people wrong and trying to be good, but when they're probably just an okay team. Yeah. This year it's like they just sincerely, and they've been like this since spring, of just like, all right, LSU believes it's the best team in the country. And it's not like a... It's not an arrogance or, like, a, I'm talking trash to you. It's just kind of a matter-of-fact, like, assuredness. And I'm not saying I agree or don't. That's not the point. It's just, like, that's just how they operate, and it's gotten yep. them where they are. So when they talk about these things about Oklahoma, if you go back and – I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, like, nitpick the comments and, like, defend them. I'm all, but what, my point is it's just a matter-of-fact of, like, yeah, I think we have an advantage here. You know, like, they're not like, man, they suck. No, it's like, yeah, I think we're going to be the advantage here. I think we could find a weakness here. They just, like, think – the idea isn't that they think it's about Oklahoma. It's LSU operates that if they do their job, they should win every single game. Yeah, game. and and
0: this is a team that is actually good enough to pull that off Absolutely. If, if they do. their and, and so it's kind of funny. What you're saying to almost goes back to one of the, oh, core tenets, which is it's never about them. It's always about us. And that is where that trash talking, I think, comes from. But as I said, I love it, man. And, you know, guess what? Jamar Chase. Is gonna dominate these corners. Yes. Like anybody you talk to, the corners are the weak spot on this Oklahoma team. It's not good for your corners to be the weak spot when you got Chase Jefferson, Marshall, Thad Moss, everybody coming to bear. I mean, it's it's gonna be rough for them. It looks like you got some uh, old spreadsheet. Oh, I was just curious. old spreadsheet Miller here. What's going on here? What is what? What are we? looking at Oh, I was just here? pulling
1: up the like Bill Connolly's advanced stats, and it's actually. I mean, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but for a second about the corners or anything like that, but. I mean, Oklahoma's strength is actually their 20th in the country in defending the past, according to SP plus. Oh, wow. Their 80th in stopping the run. I'm, I'm not saying... I don't think anything with Oklahoma stats is actually a great representation, because the story of them is, when they're at their best, they're really good. But then they also have moments where they look terrible. Yeah, so they've been like, very inconsistent. So I just don't know if I'm going to look at like a grand scheme of things number and really take it too seriously either way. Because I think like their games... It's actually not that different from LSU. It was interesting, <clears> them. I just got off a podcast with my colleague at The Athletic, Jason Kersey, who covers Oklahoma, and we actually talked about they're not that different, actually, these two defenses, because there's something to the idea that both are – I mean, Oklahoma's been dealing with this for five years, ten years, but, you know, it's the pace thing. It's the the finding the balance in the offense and how to – not leave your defense out the drive. Yeah. And there have he pointed out they're like you know, the Baylor game when they started slowing it down, that's when they finally got that defense and shut them down. You know, it's like when they decide to kind of go a little more, not ball control, but more not up tempo, up tempo, the defense looks, you know, mm. actively good, which is not that different from the story of LSU. It's the the games where they find a balance and maybe
0: run some clock, they the defense looks elite. And look at I mean even against that George team, you know, they 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 had a couple drives that seemed like they lasted uh Forever, and and, and the defense is. So, I mean, it's it's a fair point. And so, Oklahoma, what I was interested to read, because you generally think of Murray and Mayfield, and you start watching, and even Hurts is slinging around, but I was shocked at some of the running numbers. Maybe it was in your article they ran across this. They've had four rushers combined yeah. for over 3,000 yards, and four different guys average over seven yards a carry? Or as a group, they average over yep. seven yards a carry?
1: Yep. they at, Yeah. They're lowest of the four main rushers. They have four different rushers with 385 yards or more. They combine, if I don't have the number, but over 3,000. But the crazy thing is, yeah, Hurts is averaging 7.1 yards per carry with 1,400 yards. Uh, Kennedy Brooks is 6.7 yards. Damn. Stevenson, 8 yards. Trey Sermon, 7.1 yards a carry. That's Damn. Like, that's... I don't even think we can, like, nothing we can say can quantify just how amazing that is. That is
0: bonkers. And that's
1: and, and they're good at the one thing. I know it's different. Lots changed with LSU, but they're good at the one thing we've seen them struggle against.
0: And so that's where it becomes interesting because LSU has been great at stopping the run this year. But, but, but
1: traditional interior yes, run games. Yes. Yeah, going which is
0: time. why we, no, no, you're right. No, but that, that's, I mean, I was setting you up for that point. But like <laughs> like we said, like, pre-Georgia, that's the type of rushing attack they were very well set up to beat. This is going to be, as you pointed out weeks ago, um, Lincoln Riley is the master of this guard-tackle counteraction where you're pulling the guard and the tackle and you can do about a million things off of that. And you saw Ole Miss burn LSU with that. And then so the question becomes, how does LSU look to combat that? Uh, I think that Seth Galena – Freehand the Valley Shook he's, has he's a... He's the best. He's great. He's great at all film breakdown, but he has a awesome. great write-up this morning. I thought on you were about to be like, but... No, no, <coughs> no, 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 no. Let's do it. No, he has an excellent write-up this morning that's very succinct, okay. but gives you an idea of defensively what else you can do to have success they didn't have against... Um, what was the key takeaway? Against Ole Miss. So the key takeaway... Well, let's be clear about the Ole Miss game, too, before we reference it too much. Held is it. that... Well, double was hurt, and... Um, Thirty-one seven and a half. They checked out. They completely checked yeah. out. The defense. That's did. the thing I always have to explain. They, they were, were over. over yeah. Like they thought they were out of there. The crowd had left. They and then John Rice Plumlee was like, "Not so fast, right?" So, just have that in mind. Yes. That said, consistently that night, LSU was outflanked. They they were outmaneuvered a little bit, and they they had a numbers disadvantage, and a lot of that was because Grant was hurt, and mm-hmm. they were playing a lot of too high safety. Yep. So to 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 come that numbers advantage and with the emergence of guy that you've talked about a lot about Mo Hampton and company like that is where in the positionless football that we've discussed with guys like Delpit and Stevens and Chasson like that is how you're going to combat this. You're going to play single high safety. You're going to man up on the outside. So good luck to whoever has to man up with CD lamb (laughs) uh, or when he's in the slot, which he does a lot and then you're going to rely on Delpit and Stevens, whoever it is, in the box being that extra man that stops them from getting the numbers advantage.
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, The interesting thing is it's that balance of you want to load the box more to stop the run, but you also don't want to take away bodies and from stopping CD Lamb. I agree with you that's the best way to do it. I agree that LSU's defensive backs are good enough that that's what you have to do. And also you can probably get creative with, you know, they're pretty good at showing one thing and doing another and whatnot. But, yeah, it's – what, and I love – You I mean, do have to
0: accept that the TD <laughs> lambs going to burn you a couple times.
1: Probably. Yeah, but it's probably worked in the grand scheme of things, yes. right? And it's the opposite of the Alabama game, actually. Alabama, you want to press coverage and go too high and just try to make the nickel and dime here. I, I think it's the exact opposite. Mm. But the, the fascinating thing, it's not – this isn't a scheme thing. This is just a – you know, we talked to Dave Aranda at length, you know, a few days ago and we broke down that game and compared it, he he compared it to this game and he was saying, he explained what fundamentally went wrong in that game was... Ole Miss? Yes, Ole Miss. Okay. It was, they would give up a big play and then they they didn't realize I think that like this they were basically playing a triple option team is basically his point yes, and yes. triple option is assignment football yes and but I don't they think, weren't in that headspace <laughs> yeah exactly so when one guy messed up and they gave him a big run what he says is everybody started trying to do a little too much and yeah. that's exactly what happened where the guy with the inside angle actually was trying to go outside and make a play the guy with the outside was trying to go inside and all of a sudden you're getting away from assignment football and that's how it got as ugly as it did and his takeaway which I just found really fascinating and really transparent is. My big takeaway from that game, he said, was I needed to get better at when things go wrong, sit the defense down and explain what went wrong Mm. so that they're not, like, trying to do it on their own. Because if they would have realized this was just one guy messing up the assignment, they probably would – none of that would have happened. So that's a really interesting takeaway going into
0: this. It's still learning all the time, right? Like, I mean, Dave Rand has been in this game forever, and it's just – I mean, anytime I guess you have this many different human beings and variables and everything, you can always you can always learn more. But uh, that's pretty fascinating insight. So Rando is pretty open.
1: He's always the he's incredible because he's always the most open. I don't like I don't think he loves the media. He just I mean, only
0: get to talk to him once a year. You only get him twice a year or twice. Yeah,
1: summer. But yeah, it's but yeah, when you get him, he's just the most he will break down everything going on with his defense he will tell you every little thing that he's doing and like give it the term and like what they're doing he's not hiding anything cuz yeah. the, the other offense knows yeah. this anyway and and yeah he's pretty transparent about what went wrong about things he did the same thing last year where he torched himself for all of his mistakes in the AM game dave is the best person to talk to cuz you i transcribe every word he says in like a 40 minute interview and i save that and i use that for the next 6 months until i talk to him again mm. because that is just now my reference point for everything i need to know yeah, about the, the bible defense. of dave it's it's real The Book of Dave. The Book of Dave. There we go. And he he predicted so much stuff that he ended up doing, like in the June one. He predicted so much stuff that he now does. And it's like, oh, wow, you were talking about that then. And And it took him a while to get there because of personnel problems. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But these last few weeks, we've arrived there. And, yeah, the Hampton thing, we talk about this all the time, but it's like, it's not even just like, because I don't think, it's not he plays a crazy amount or anything. He plays a small amount. It's not just what he does for the scheme. It's as simple as he let Grant Dope at rest. Yeah. And that cannot be understated because yeah. a healthy Grant Delpit and a non-healthy Grant Delpit are two different defenses.
0: Straight up. And um, and and so, Elshue's defense enters this game pretty hot, actually, when you look at the last three games now. The problem is, obviously, Oklahoma is leaps, bounds, miles upon miles better than Arkansas, A&M, and Georgia's offense. Um, so, if you're going to stop that Oklahoma offense – We've talked about some of the keys. Mm-hmm. Matching up with CeeDee Lamb. He plays a lot of slot. And this is what Gordy was talking about this morning. Gordy knows coverages. he played DB. Like, yeah, maybe he went to Purdue, so it was... Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Look, trust me, I know. Special team, right? No, uh, but, but mm-hmm. like, do you tip your hand and man up Fulton or Stingley on him, even if he goes in the slot? Or... Do you try to, if it's a man covered, do you try to cover him with Fulton so that you can still do your zone coverage out of these? Or are these cornerbacks comfortable enough where like could a Stingley or Fulton play zone on the inside Do they feel comfortable moving or a Stingley or uh yeah, Fulton, Do they feel comfortable moving to carry Vincent to the outside? So I there's huh. I, I'm interested to see how they handle Lamb when he goes in the slot. I might say Fulton guards so I make Vincent. Are you comfortable going yeah. Vincent? What, what where did Marty come down on it? He he thinks that they will actually keep Fulton and Stingley on the outside,
1: okay, and that they will they, just, they will
0: keep Vincent in the middle, and then you know you may have you may get burned sometimes, but it allows you to disguise things better than if you tip your hand. Oh, we're following this guy around, so we're man up. Okay, yeah,
1: I, wow, I was lost in my train of thought really bad. Oh, what I
0: was gonna say is, yeah, they. They don't
1: really have any precedent this season of doing that. Of, like, following a guy. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, would you change that now? But maybe this is the kind of time where you just look, bring things out. I mean, it's, it's win or lose. I mean, it's winner to go home, but... Well, that is a fascinating part. It's also, uh, I don't think Gary Vincent's bad. No, he's, he's not. He's not as good as the other two, of course. Like, yeah, he's he's he has a disadvantage against CeeDee Lamb. No, no shit, of
0: course. But Well, like, you know what? Stadium lights are pretty fucking bright, right? But they don't look light compared to the sun, Brody! Think about that I shit. Even, I don't even follow what just happened. In mean. this analogy... Derek Singley and Christian Fulton are the sun. Okay. And Kerry Vincent are the stadium lights. Thank you, buddy. He's very bright in his own right. It's just compared to the great ball of fire in the sky, you know, anybody's going to look dim compared to that.
1: And this isn't even like a, I think Kerry Vincent's really good. It's just, I think the defense, we've talked about this before, and I think it's a fascinating thing when you talk to people who know football better than us, is that no
0: one knows football better than you. No, no better than us. (laughs) Hold that (laughs) podcast, podcast, baby. Thanks for listening. Um, Is this still recording? Uh... Yeah. It's just so it's getting Yeah, it, I got really nervous. When for the a second. recording gets long enough, it doesn't look like it's moving. Okay. Cool, got uh but it. it actually is. Just if you yeah, ever get paranoid, look at a little timer right, cool. down there. I just to check. All right anyway. Well, it's just a little workshop, just a little how the sausage is made, yeah. people. <laughs> anyway. Um but no, my thing is it's
1: the defense has put him in positions where he looks bad because the coverage is giving up a certain area of the defense. Yeah. And it's like, or like, they have him lined up an outside, in an outside angle, so then like he looks bad because he gets beat inside on a short route against Texas or something like that. Where it's like, am I arguing Kerry Vincent's elite? And like, it's actually, I mean, no, I think he's a perfectly fine LSU starter now. He actually Curry got market. kind of nice stats on the slick, yeah, he like does. With, with his picks that he's. Assembled. It's just, yeah, I think he's been put in positions where, and I understand why Dave Ryan is doing these things, but like, it makes him
0: look bad, which is yeah. kind of unfortunate. Yeah, and and so. That's, that's that's something to highlight. When you see CeeDee Lamb in that slot, who's on him? And then how do they handle him? Because out of the slot, Lamb seems like he could be a stone-cold killer. And he has been. How about this? Both Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb, one of every four catches is a touchdown. That's your prediction? That's like No, a- no, no. That's on the season, what? what they've done. Look at Jamar Chase's stats. 73 catches, 18 touchdowns. What's 18 times four, Brody? That's absurd. 72. Sorry, this is me actually in real time, just, like, learning something. Being like, yeah, somebody shit. pointed out this morning when C.D. Lamb hunted. I was like, damn. And then Avo Marzwanian in our huddle chat app was like, well, I mean, Jamar Chase is too. And sure enough, I put in the calculator. He's right.
1: That's absurd. How you? Wow.
0: All right. One of every four catches for a touchdown. So. That's why these two were 1A and 1B for the Blitnikoff.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to see Lamb because I think Lamb, like – there's probably a decent argument that he's actually the best receiver yeah. in college football, but his injuries and different things like didn't the allow the statistical him.
0: gap got too big.
1: Yeah, which is unfortunate. But yeah, like I, I'm really excited to watch CD Lamb for a full game this close, especially against these corners, because obviously these are the best corners he's going to play this year. So I'm, um, um, That's just me. Funny, funny too, there.
0: because Lamb. Well, uh, I'll build off your point then, Thank because you. Lamb um, took the polar opposite approach of Jamar Chase. Where he was giving Derek Stingley mad love, talking about how this is the best DBF faced all year. And he might be it, honest there. Weird. Maybe he's just being a little Lou Holtz. But yeah, he was giving Stingley mad love and far cry from Chase being like, <coughs> yeah, I mean, they look did pretty you, slow to me. Did you see the Parnell Motley uh, interview? No. Uh,
1: uh-huh. All right. It's actually where I kind of want to pull it up right now. It's amazing because it's basically the reporter is relaying what Chase just said about the corners. <coughs> And it's like Motley being like, He said what? And then he like kept, he starts like talking and then he's like, No, 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 no. We were taught not to say anything we shouldn't say.
0: We're, we're, ta- we're gonna be
1: complimentary. And then I'll like circle back and be like, but really? He said like there's some stuff like nope, not getting to it. It's it's pretty I've only wrote the transcript too, and it's entertaining as hell. I actually want to go back and like see if I can find video of it and see if it's as entertaining as I think it is.
0: So that's interesting because uh look man, when you say that that is saying, although I love it when you say that. It's gonna put a target on your back. And Oklahoma now is gonna be gunning for Chase. The problem is, everybody's gunning for Chase every week, and it ain't done anything before, and I don't think it's gonna happen now. Yeah, he had a
1: quote in that you know, in the same interview where he was saying, He's like, Yeah, people have been double teaming for the past like eight weeks. It's just like I'm gonna get my like very few one-on-ones. I'm like, I'm not gonna get many, but I just gotta make the most of them when I do which is actually the most impressive thing about a season. The Auburn game comes to mind,
0: some of the Alabama game. Starting (laughs) the game with the Alabama game was so massive, getting the touchdown first drive because they tried to go one-on-one and you just went, Randy, you know, you mossed him, if you will. Um, That felt like, for LSU fans that have watched LSU offense just suck against Alabama for years, that was like a big, like, Okay. Right, like yeah. okay, game on, like like the kind of the seal was broken in a way, and so yeah, that's whether it's the Auburn game, that game, Texas, he had like a big, I think a big third down at some point. If you go one on one with him,
1: there was like a drive where he just took over. Yes, yeah, a drive, game. an entire drive. It was
0: like three out of four plays, something like that. It was absurd. Yeah, and so you want to go one on one with Chase, you know where they're going with the ball. They're going to go to Chase, and they're going to count on him and try to beat you. I mean, that's something like I don't even think I
1: appreciated until recently, and it's like. I would say to our like listeners like that, when you think of the things to appreciate, just how good this offense is, it's really I I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's this simple of like whenever Jamar Chase is in a one on one, it's simple. It's like all right, we're gonna throw Jamar Chase now, <laughs> and the fact that they do that and are just and execute that often, and it's just like it's. The, Think about how good you have to be to be that simple. Like, oh, it's a one on one. All right, we're gonna go get thirty yards now. Yeah, like, yeah. Just think about like to execute that well, and it's just that much of a certainty. That's a real thing. It isn't like, oh, he gets a lot of one on ones, and no, it's rare, and they just take advantage no matter what.
0: And that's on that's on uh, that's on Burrow for identifying it correctly, and the coaches have to accept for setting it up. But credit to Joe Burrow because not a lot of college quarterbacks can be that consistent in their reading of the coverages and really understanding what. Um, what, what what the defense is showing them, and really, obviously, that's one of the reasons why Burroughs separate himself to such an extent. Uh, what, what what do you think the Clyde Edwards Alaire plan is? Both if he plays, if he doesn't. I don't think he plays. You don't think he plays? Uh, I don't. I've heard because they've been put up a little bit. Of, they've been putting it out there. They, I don't know if they're game in the system, but they're trying to act know, like he's playing.
1: I know Steve Ensminger said he's playing. Ed's, oh, was are to
0: the today, right? Like, well,
1: Ed said something interesting. It was like. I, it was the first time he ever said the words "I think he will play," but even then he's like, "But how much? I don't yeah, know." Yeah, see, that was sketchy
0: to hit. But how much will he play? I don't know. I was like, "Well, then, what are we talking about here?" Exactly.
1: So it's it's interesting because I've heard it's one of the more interesting injury cases I can remember because I, I can't think of one where I've heard such polar opposite things depending on who you talk to with yeah. the program. Yeah. You'll have some people being like, I think that's completely accurate. I think we will have him. But then it's almost like, cause LSU, uh, no disrespect, but like sometimes they are a little bit of like semantics. And they will say something that's technically not a lie. But like, yeah, I think we will have him yeah. dressed on the sideline. You know? Yeah. And then you talk to something. I think. <laughs> I never said we would. <laughs> that's that's that that I said yeah. I think. They do that. And no, no disrespect, but they absolutely do that. And, you know, it's almost a skill. But- I mean, even Obi-Wan
0: does. That's you think true. that Obi-Wan didn't remember R2-D2 when he saw him in Tatooine? No. He just had to ease <laughs> Luke into his Jedi pitch. He couldn't freak him out knowing that he knew what this was all about. Can't trust him. Um, but he never lied. Obi-Wan said, I don't remember ever owning a droid. He knew R2. All right. But he never owned R2. Semantics, Brody.
1: <laughs> but yeah, and then you talk to some people who are like, he is not
0: playing. Like yeah. some people have flat out said to me, he is not going to play. Okay,
1: So, by, so, so let's let's it I'm not reporting. Because yeah. him
0: playing is not as interesting because we'll see Clyde do what he does and maybe he's limited. So, so even if he's limited, that goes to what do you do without Clyde Edwards-Alaire?
1: I'm being really honest. I don't know the answer. I think you just assume you're that much. I think you, I don't know. You don't want to get this like cute with it but like i think you just might have to operate an assumption that you know you're that much better and just go you know kind of focus on your passing game of course but just like don't try to get cute with anything don't try to get overly creative just be like all right tyron davis price you might be a little more predictable but you know just run the ball like you can passing game will take over for the most part I, you know john emery will have his moments they keep saying chris curry's developed a lot i don't know but i don't think there's like some big scheme thing they need to do with this. I think they just need to play their ball.
0: I wonder if they go almost heavy game plan. They've given these guys like a vertical slice of the playbook where you kind of limit their scope of what they need to know a little bit more or, or maybe, but then, but then maybe. So then the opposite side of that though is like, the only thing that would really be confusing to them would be pass protections. Like young backs is what we're talking about. Um, Do you actually have to have them pass protect? Like, do you just give them the responsibility of you're just basically gonna be an outlet every play? Like, give like give, like are they just are they just receivers for almost the entire game. But and if not, they do that, then Oklahoma can take advantage. I was
1: gonna say, I don't know if I like the idea of you're you're saying we're gonna limit you to something that you're not that good at. Neither of them are very particular I'm not saying they're inherently bad, but neither of them are particularly good receivers. John Emery especially. So like I don't know if like, I like the idea of your
0: game I advantage. guess I guess I'm thinking of it more as Instead of counting on you to discern the defense and what your blocking responses are, you're almost blocking with your route. Because you're taking, you know, you're yeah. making somebody account for at that you. Point, I don't know if that's at that game. point why not go a lot of empty. Yeah, and that's actually that's what Gordy said he would that's do this tradition. morning is a lot of empty, you know, same personnel, eleven personnel, but he he's he even said it's so extreme he was like line the young back up on the outside and uh, play ten on ten. Like, like he was like real. Well, why not intake? just go another receiver? Um, why not go? Well, the only reason, the only maybe, but then the only reason I would say there is they've just done eleven. I mean, eleven personnel has been yeah. their bread and butter all year long. But you got the receivers, and
1: I, the key, like trump card that LSU might have when it comes down to it is like I don't think they would do this early because I think they feel good enough about win this game and you don't want to risk it. But if things ever get a little hairy, you start running Joe Burrow. Now you get the extra blocker. I mean, he's an elite, he's elite runner. When you do it, this is not a very good run defense. I think that's like your trump card if things ever got a little dicey. But overall, I don't think they would need to. Do you think
0: LSU will be able to run the ball against Oklahoma? It's an angle that I haven't really explored on our show at all. It's a great question. I think so because let's put it this way: Tyron
1: Davis Price is a really good traditional runner. Like I think he'll be able to get running it like against not very good defense. Then say hypothetically Oklahoma says, "All right, you're going to do that. We're going to take away the run." Well, then you just left yourself up to the biggest. Yeah, and then you're putting so you're putting yourself, you're yeah, putting yourself yeah, in weak yeah. passing numbers it's against true. the best passing offense of the country. So yeah, I I I just grand scheme of things don't really see because I don't think Oklahoma has the front seven to really. I do wasn't much terribly on the O-line. impressed
0: with Oklahoma's offensive or defensive lines.
1: Definitely not the offensive line. That's one thing LSU staffers have told me. They're like, we will destroy that offense. That's actually what Patrick Queen said too, and got in trouble for it. But it's like. That's, like, the first thing Queen. they point out is LSU believes this. it's not a good O-R. So, Queen's obviously very confident in the game plan. Which is funny because he's, like, I don't want to sound like an LSU homer, but, like, he ranks really, really low on the people I ever would have guessed would have said something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He no, is so normally, far from a trash yes. talker. So, for him to be, like, yeah, not
0: very good here, not very good here, it's like, oh, okay. So, they're obviously very confident in the game plan, and, and I don't have a great answer here, and I don't think the point is to give an answer, but I do want to highlight this. What I'm fascinated to see is, like, what does LSU come out trying to do? What wrinkles have they thrown in? What wrinkles does Lincoln Riley, one of the greatest yes. offensive minds in the world, what is he like? What is he seen on film on a film that is filled with LSU giving up explosive plays and being exploited at times throughout the year? What does he see that he feels he can take advantage of? And then obviously watching him and Aranda make adjustments once they get yeah, the so idea. Of, well, it's going to be a fascinating battle yeah I'm and playing. like one that you won't we won't be able to appreciate it until we get the film and really get to sit down with it that's true
1: that's why i can't wait which by the way a huge bummer uh we got a cease and desist we're not allowed to post uh you know the espn broadcast film breakdowns anymore welcome to the club yeah, it's a tough moment. So, I mean, I'll still use it for my breakdown. I just won't be able to use clips. Anyway, that's I no always point. wonder
0: how Galena gets away with it. I think it's, I don't know. Sometimes it's just. I think it really comes down to how much are they noticing. It's until you pop on their radar. Yeah. And if you—if you, if it goes too viral. I'm surprised the athletic got as long as it did. I think. We're doing, I, I wonder, though. We're hoping you, to negotiate something with it. If but. you speak in a video, does it become fair use? Because you've Ooh. technically made it your own. Because I've noticed that my clips that I speak would, in don't get taken down. You would think so. They don't get taken down, but if I'm silent and I put up a clip, they, they DMCA you would, it. Based on my, you know, J300 understanding of communications law, shut up. Yeah. Okay, so I what think. you should do then is in your clips, just me talking, not even yelling. about football, no, just, just like, like yelling, like no, <laughs> my
1: Rise of Skywalker wasn't good.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you're right. You you're right. Good. Even though I feel like I had fun at it, it would almost become a creative
1: game of it? just like. What can we come up with to say that would confuse people most? <laughs> like it's like a pass blocking play, and it's like the pigs in a blanket are burnt. <laughs> just, oh, I fucking love pigs. In oh, buddy. So for uh, Christmas, I you know, obviously I had to do Christmas with uh, with the girlfriend before I went because I've been here for a week, yeah. and we just did appetizers. That's all we just like cooked all appetizers, Ooh. no main event. Damn right, I means some pigs on a blanket. It's like a little tapas style. I'm dinner. a huge appetizer guy, big appies guy. So. What about
0: tapas? Like isn't that basically just like it is? Apps? Yeah, was a meal, I love tapas, yeah. I
1: always wanted to open a, a notch uh, a restaurant called Chose Bros. It's just nachos. Chose Bros. Chose Bros.
0: Chose Bros. is pretty good, but is it and as maybe good? Maybe some tots too. Well, um, actually, I don't think I ever came up with a name for the actual restaurant, but I, I want to open a crepe restaurant. Okay. And in the bathroom, I want the wall to say "It smells like crepe in here." Uh but that's as far as I got in my restaurant plan. I mean, that's that's a start. Yeah, it is. That's the foundation you're building on, really. Sweet and savory crepe, though. I mean, you ever had a little, like, uh...
1: You know? No, my thing is, I'm not a huge, like, I don't want sweets, necessarily, in, a, in breakfast. Yeah. Like, I, I think they're mainly good. Yeah, I love yeah, them. yeah, 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 It's like how I fucking love, wow, language, bro. No, no, we're good. Uh, I, you know, it's I love explicit. explicit. I, I'm i usually more okay with cursing later in the show, because I'm like, if you made it this far, you probably know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but, I love a donut.
0: Like, love a donut. Yeah. But I never, ever, ever want a donut for breakfast. Interesting. I can get down with a donut breakfast. Uh, but generally, sweets. I mean, look, generally I am a I a salt, meat, potatoes, That's cheese type absolutely. of guy. Which, by the way, I haven't eaten today and now I'm getting hungry. So. And then, yeah, I mean, but then you get a crepe, you get a little avocado, yes. a little sausage, a little egg, a little cheese. Sounds good right now. And if you want to get freaky, Tell you me. can throw in a sweet dipping sauce. Like you throw mm-hmm. in like a jam like, or something like there, or like a jelly. Pretty fucking good, bro. No, it sounds delightful. It smells like crepe in here. Maybe that's the name of the restaurant. I don't know. One day, though. I would love to have one. Uh,
1: Now, could we do, like, one of those, like, Taco Bell KFC joint restaurant things? Oh, Joe's Bros.
0: Crepes Joe's Bros.
1: Bros. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, there'll be, like, a little playful rivalry, but, you know, like, at the same time, we are business partners. I used to slam that KFC bowl all the time.
0: All right. Anyway. Um... Actually, me and Brody are going to set up GoFundMe's for our respective restaurant dreams. So if you want to support us, uh, we'll put the links I in the absolutely. description. You don't know, I'm, you don't know, I'm oh, you're the money, money man. man. Yeah. I so forgot. I forgot. I'm you're the money man. God. I mean, you start you are staying at this nice hotel while I am couch surfing at uh, my friend's house. like your reasoning makes oh, perfect weeks. sense
1: because obviously you're from here, you have connections here, but it is kind of like a, a great look that like the
0: bearded man with a shirt <laughs> down, to his, down to like right now he's halfway down a shirt with buttons and he's just like, yeah I'm'm I'm, 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 I'm like I'm jump, couch yeah. jumping you know I'm slumming it a little a little hard uh, this week, but like I said, it's all about the brand, Brody. And what I'm doing this year, it's great. fall of 2019, has been it's a very a, aggressive brand for your boy. what's 2020 going to be? Uh, we're one cleaning one. it back up. What? No, really? Yeah. Like shaving? Yeah, no, no, never, never all Okay. But just... But trimming it. Trimming the beard. Right. I might keep the long hair for a week with a well-manicured beard to see how it looks, but I'm a little sick of the hair. I'm going to float something by you here. Yeah. Hear me
1: out. I'm, like, I'm going to let my carpacal hair grow once the season's over. Just see what happens. You are. Yeah, I don't even know what's going to happen.
0: Can you grow facial hair?
1: I can grow facial hair, yeah. but I, I'm ju- I mean, I don't know. But, no, do but can beard? I grow a beard? Not that I know of. But we're going to find out what happens. Okay. It's going to be a journey. So the real problem is just like the people in my life day to day. But other than that, like work-wise, I won't really have to be anywhere like, you know. For it doesn't degree. matter. Yeah. You can,
0: and, and that's why I do it too. It's like I went through a bit of a midlife crisis. My hair is thinning up front. And um, I'm younger than you. and Mine's worse. It really bumps me out, right? It's bad. And so that's why I started to grow it out. So I was like, I'm freaking out. I'm never going to have long hair again. I want to do it. And I have the job that I can do it. So I was lucky. But as far as the beard thing goes, you just got to stay the course. Yeah. I could not grow a beard when I got out of college. And I had to deal with probably a few months of awkwardness, yeah. patchiness, short hair. That's what's going to happen. And then eventually it came through and it still doesn't fully connect everywhere. But it's, it's you know, it's, good it's, good it's a happy that's point. Yeah. It's a happy
1: point. Yeah, I'm. A, but if you have a girlfriend that loves you, then it doesn't matter. I, th- I think she's like jokingly in on it. She's like, "All right, let's let's do it." It's just yeah. Well, my problem is like my wife is. I've sick tried of this to do shit. it. I've tried to do it before, and I'll be like nine days in. You know, I'm starting to get somewhere. And then it'll be like, shoot, because it'll be like an off season. I think I'm safe. And then like an important interview comes up and I'm just like, you can't, ah. you, you feel too seen, then that might always
0: get you. <laughs> I know. Because you feel too self-conscious just, showing up with a trash. I don't trash know if I can like ever it. really get them <laughs> on the <street>. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the real problem. I've
1: ever told you the story of, what was that app? I don't, it doesn't matter what the app is, but it's one of those apps where you just Tinder. Like, huh. No, it was the app where like you just post like random thoughts. It was anonymous, but it's just like anonymous thoughts. Twitter? Okay. It was, like, 2013. Uh, was like, yak?
0: Yes! Wow! Good, thank you, wow. Whoa, fuck. I just, but, like, blacked out for a second. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was Will Ferrell in old school. <laughs> but I was growing
1: out a mustache for a little bit, just, like, for fun, my freshman year of college or sophomore year, and I'm sitting in class one day, and this girl that I thought was cute, I just remember, like, okay, actually, I don't even know why that detail was important, but, Ooh, no, uh, I just remember looking uh, at Yak. Yeah, no, much. here's what happened, though. I remember I was looking at Yak, and I'm sitting in class, and I just see somebody post, like, Man, there was this boy I thought was cute, but now he's growing a mustache, and I'm out. And like odds of this world, no chance that was me. But <laughs> yeah. I immediately am just like, I'm gonna go home and shave. <laughs> oh,
0: that is so good, dude. I used to post butthole pictures on Yak yeah, constantly. That took that took. A sharp- I'm glad we're 37 in. Yeah, yeah, my bad. I'm just kidding, just joshing around, y'all. Just Are having you? some bowl Are you joshing? Um, we're on seven minutes of tangent right now. Honestly, you could have, if if we're being completely honest. The butthole is probably the safest type of nude to put out there, because there's not a lot of identifying factors you on the beehole, right? Yeah. I mean, like unless somebody knows me better than I could ever imagine, I was nobody, say, nobody's calling out the beehole. Whoever's calling you out, then they look bad.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Like, exactly. Like, what are you even looking out of you? Yeah. How did you know? Yeah.
1: So it's really
0: a foolproof plan. Nobody sees
1: that. My question is, what's the benefit of the butthole? Pick?
0: Yeah. Like, what are you
1: gaining from it?
0: Uh, I just think I got a great hole. Just Feel free. Just show it off a little bit. Yeah. It's a little voyeurism. But, um, so that's Yak, and my B-hole, and Crepes, and, uh, Nachos, Choburros. Um, it's a playoff game tomorrow, though. Uh, LSU-Oklahoma. We feel good about it. Trying you've got other angles. Uh, K-York, obviously. There aren't too many. That's the weird thing. Yeah, they're it's not. a weird game
1: to break down, because LSU is just... Hey, they're a 13-point favorite. And, like... Okay, so the then- LSU
0: is, like... Like, I'm talking, like, staffers, everybody. They are just and, and and it speaks to, it goes back to what you said earlier, though. That's how this team has carried, and, and it's this game especially. It kind of sense it around Georgia, too. But it goes back to how they've been all year. I'll never forget the first week of the season, both Matt Flynn and Jordy Collada, independently, wow. coming and telling me, there's just a different vibe, man. Like, these guys think that, like, yeah. they're just carrying themselves like they're about to beat everybody's ass. And then they have now gone on to do that. So here, so, okay, so if we get into things that do concern us, my single biggest concern is, yeah. Is just Jalen Hurts yeah. and what a beast he is. I mean, you got you're looking at a guy with 50 touchdowns and 5,000 total yards on the year, a guy who is 38 and three as a starter in his college career. He went 26 and two at Alabama. It's impressive because he built that Alabama team himself. <laughs> through, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Wins and losses. I know that was not, not a Jalen Hurts always, thing. Not always the best. That stat, was me just sitting here, Miller. I know
1: that was me just. It was, I saw the opportunity. I don't disagree with you. But anything whatever is a true freshman, you I asshole.
0: 28, 30, I agree. 3 in his career. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, which is impressive, even if he played for little Nikki. And he's made the playoffs every year of his career. He's now made it with two different teams. Um, is he a multi time Heisman finalist? Maybe. The, no, 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 this is the first year no, that he's got yeah. a high But what scares me more than anything it's not the numbers, it's that. I'm fear of death. Uh, well, you know. As, as Marcus Aurelius says, why should I fear death? Is there anything more natural than dying? Like, does the flower fear death? Does the fly fear death? So why then should I? Death is literally the only thing that every single human being can do. I'm still scared of it. By the way, I think this was the
1: literal moment our, our listeners said, "All right, I'm out." <laughs> like they were they were cool with the other one. It's like, "All right." I thought we were back, and you mess with me again. Like, come on, uh,
0: no. But I, I get Sorry. scared of I get scared yeah. of Jalen Hurts just his ability to be at his best when the stakes are the highest. And it's 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 spoken like an LSU fan who has PTSD of him yeah. scoring the fourth quarter touchdown or. Or, or even the Georgia game last, that's Georgia the game game last year, the year. One, yeah. or the one that gets lost in the shuffle where uh, Deshaun Watson goes and beats them. But Jalen Hurts engineered the game-winning drive in that national championship that he that's, lost. I actually completely forgot about that. And then Deshaun yeah. Watson went right down the field and beat him. So that was on the Alabama defense. Like, Jalen Hurts, if you were in a close game in the fourth quarter, I don't know that there's a more terrifying player, maybe outside of Burrow, that you would – in this playoff. Like, it is – it is – I, that's my big fear. That's a good fear. if Jalen Hurts is just on one and you can't stop him, that could get a little dicey. Couldn't agree more. And it's – uh I thought
1: it was interesting. Dave Rana kind of flat-out admitted what, like, he's like – like our plan is to make, try to beat, make him beat us with the pass. Yes. Which goes back to probably your one high, uh you know, press coverage kind of thing of I think they will yeah. just focus on stopping the run and take their chances with their corners. And generally
0: he will turn it over. But turnovers yes. are weird, right? Because turnovers – some games they come in droves, and some games teams play clean. Yeah. And if Oklahoma plays a clean game, that gets dangerous. I feel like he's been turnover prone against in in, in big games this year. That's yeah, what, like Texas, Wisconsin, yeah, Baylor. Yeah. Now the interesting is he's won those games uh, yeah. still yeah. for the won, most part. He has part, won those games, save for Kansas State, because um, wins and losses matter. I, I, okay, I'm not arguing that. Um, so Jalen Hurts, he's definitely my concern. Uh, One thing I do want to take a step back and appreciate is the quality of the four teams in the playoffs, three undefeated teams, um, four conference champions, which I love, a true tournament of champions. You have four quarterbacks, three of which were Heisman finalists. One won the Heisman by record margin is likely about to be the first pick in the overall draft. One, like we said, is 38 and three at a starter, been in the playoff year, 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. One is a sophomore, and just accounted for fifty touchdowns to one interception, and one of the like highest rated incoming freshman quarterbacks of all time as yes. a prospect. In right? Justin Fields, yeah. And then the one guy that we've left out up to this point is the guy who won the Natty last year by dominating Alabama, and people were saying that he would have been first overall pick if he had come out as a freshman. Like that's Trevor Lawrence. He was the, he he's the fourth guy, and he's playing. That you so you get to way. here, and he's playing incredible. So like this. I saw somebody talking about this, and I'm not always a big – I don't think I have the sports knowledge to really have this conversation, but it certainly feels like this may be the best collection of quarterbacks that the playoff has ever seen.
1: Yeah, Dan Wolkin had a column, I believe, this week, and it was basically like – you- Okay,
0: I think I got incepted by Dan Wolkin because I read that headline. That's that I'm tracing it back. Am I, yeah, no, it's a
1: really it was a good question, though, and it's a whole thing of like – One, is this the best, you know, is this the most talented? But also he was asking a lot of coaches and people like that, like, is, is college football because you know historically national title teams haven't always had great quarterbacks that has never been a really essential thing in college True. football
0: sometimes it is sometimes
1: <laughs> it. it's not necessarily yeah neat. and he's like but these last few years that's changed and he's like is he asked them, everyone is like is that over like will we never see that again like is it now you have to have a league quarterback and Steve saying it was like i really believe so ned ojohn said the same thing and it's a really interesting question and that's
0: a side check i just want i just found that i mean fascinated. it's definitely over for the foreseeable future but all these things come in waves right i mean yeah. like the meta shifts, and you're even seeing in the NFL right now. And Well, actually, not the best no, example. I was going to say. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is an elite quarterback, but the style of the Ravens' offense is off meta. It's a zig, yeah. Like, it is, yes, exactly. A zig where everybody else is zagging. Um, but I and,
1: agree. My, your point, though, was is this the most talented? I mean, I think it's pretty clear, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. I mean, exactly. So, that's just exciting to watch. And if you're an LSU fan, it's it's exciting to be in the playoff. 130 teams started this journey. For remain a true winner go home I thought scenario, I, was State was get there. I did too. I did yeah. too. I actually was really high on Tulsa, but you know, what the fuck, dude? Tulsa, uh, I don't know if I'm correct. Tulsa wasn't bad this year. Uh, I was high on Akron, the Zips. Weren't they like the worst team in college football? Uh, I don't know. The only thing I know about Akron is Charlie Fry and the Zips. yeah, kidding. that was a fun team. Um, here, here's what was it? I had something. No, went for, oh, okay, went for no, it. no, here, and, and here's what else I was gonna say if, if for the players. And the coaches, even in a lot of cases, this – and this is not exaggeration. This represents the culmination of a life's work. And these opportunities are few and far between. I mean, LSU's played football for over 100 years now, and they got, what, three nannies? Yeah. It ain't going to come again. I mean, like – it's your thoughts on 1908. uh, They don't claim that one, though. Yeah, we don't claim the O.A. Okay, so maybe four, maybe? we'll claim the one. there you go throw that in there i threw it in just because i just read that last week Val- I'm like, i i know things now valvam <laughs> is going to claim like 10 pre-integration national titles i'll claim 1908 i'll, I'll throw that in there um but i so so the, the point being though this doesn't happen often and you spend your whole life trying to win championships but like you always want to play in the next level right and so when you're literally you're getting, like you're thinking about college you're thinking about maybe playing for a national championship and you don't get that opportunity because it just doesn't happen because mathematically how rare is it to be among these final teams and yet here you are you got to make the most of it. You know what I think about you like the movie Troy I mean I don't like it but go on. I didn't think you would but either way it's 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 pretty good. It. It's pretty good, Brody and Brad Pitt Some is... Good-looking Brad Pitt, tonight, yeah. is, It is, it is. Yeah, but he's talking to the Myrmidons and they're on the boat, and they're about to land. You know what he tells him? What does he tell he him? He says, Immortality's there! It's right fucking there! We're in a hotel room, man. Take <laughs> it! People are going to call about Take it! Okay? Well, now I'm yelling at you to take it in a hotel room, so... Well, if the calls come, you know why. Uh, but the point is, truly, truly right now, Immortality awaits this LSU team. Look at how the 07 guys are talked about, the 03 guys, the 58 guys. You can be those legends. Just gonna take it! Take it, Brody! Um, uh, all right. can't handle it, can you? That really got me. <laughs> Shout out, Brad Pitt. Shout out Brad Pitt. Who directed it? Troy?
1: I don't know, man. I don't think it
0: was anyone like relevant. No. It was like he yeah, well, like, made a banger though. I mean, look, you may not like it, but, like, Troy's, like, kind of a beloved movie, I feel like. No, it has a good shelf life. Yeah. I don't think it did well box office-wise. Ah, uh,
1: bummer. So, I was going to say, oh, it made money. I don't know if it did. You know. and that's why his career, yeah. It was, like, yeah. 13 years It doesn't deep. matter if you make a did shitty movie. you just movie. say, that's why, oh, the director. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm saying, that's I'm why we like, like, don't know who it is. No, 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 I'm
0: saying, that's why we don't know who the director is. If your movie makes money, it doesn't matter if it's shit, you'll get more. It's like Colin Trevorrow uh, made all that money with *Jurassic*. Whatever, and then everyone's like, "Oh, or we made four hundred ninety-seven million. What do true- I know?
1: Okay, yeah, shout out Troy. Let's go." But seventy-three percent of it was outside the United States. That's fascinating. You
0: know, you know the uh, the global box office is a thing now. I'm going to make a movie, and it's just going to be about China. Huh? You want to get in on this? So what's the plot? We'll just uh, here's China. Yeah. We'll hammer that out later. The point is, we got to get the Chinese audience. Okay, there's yeah. a lot of money to be made, Brody. How about it's about? I got
1: it. Here's our plot. Okay. Yes. It's about somebody who moves to China mm-hmm. to open up an American Chinese restaurant. It's actually not bad. I thought you were going to go the American football route. American. Um, that, that, that's There's a lot of meta stuff going on there. A lot of cultural identity conversations to have.
0: <laughs> actually, an American Chinese restaurant in China actually as much is as, a really good bit.
1: started. I'm like in on this now. This is no longer. <laughs> we're going to make so much money.
0: God, that, that's our funding for Chose Bros. Can we have Michael Bay direct it? I feel like this was more of like a. No, no, we got a zig. We're about to a Good point. We make a small indie film with Michael but we Bay. convince Michael Bay an emotional piece, and, and we I'll pay convince for Michael Bay to do yeah. it. Yeah, all right, and I'll pay for it. Obviously, there you go. Um, hey, athletic, coming to you, to you soon. Um, all right. I, I don't know. What the I took it, be. and I
1: think it's time to call it.
0: I think so too. Um, all right. Uh okay. Real quick, special teams. I have all the faith in K York. I don't know about Oklahoma, to be honest. I haven't I read on. Um, yeah. Who yeah. returns kicks? Clyde's down? Ooh.
1: Oh, my God. How have we never ask that? We are ter- there's a terrible. i a name. Reporter. There's a name. Uh, well, Justin Jefferson does
0: sometimes. Trey Palmer's in one of them. I know Palmer's a I think Jefferson No. Who's the name? Was it? Was it Chase? Maybe it was Jamar Chase they had back there. Todd, but I'm a terrible reporter. But I don't think he's going to – I mean, LSU's just fair catching anyway. Like, I don't feel like they, like, even, like, the mess of the return, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll take the ball at the 25 yeah. and just let – we don't even want to risk turning it over. Just let Joe go to work. So, that'll be something to watch. Um,
1: they're 28th in the country in special teams. Who, Oklahoma? SP Plus, yeah. What's LSU? I think, like, two or three. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, they're still that's one. Of those shout teams. out to Greg McMahon, bro. Yeah, shout out. I hope they dropped to eight. Oh, so actually down here.
0: Motherfucking mother Greg McMahon, dude. <laughs> I fucking
1: told you to. <laughs>
0: That's how my brain works, people. I can't help it. Uh right. no, I really do love Thanks Coach Graham, though. He's great.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's it. Final prediction. Uh 4127 LSU. It's actually literally exactly where my head is at. Was that Oklahoma's gonna go high twenties and LSU would go low forties. So I'll just stick with that too. Wow. Forty one, should we put some money 41, on 20 20. Being the score. I will say this. That feels like fate. I feel like this. We we did uh Look, let's not count our chickens for a What you We like called the Georgia more. game to a T? I mean, yeah, we, we kind it, of yeah, called yeah, that to I mean, a T. We, we fucking laid that shit like out. everything we had. Like, everything <laughs> we want to draw <laughs>
1: This is because we're normally wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, so be like, we're going to enjoy this. I mean, that's Sports Talk 101. Don't don't highlight when you get it wrong. Just take the victory lap when you get it right. It's the opposite of the Wolf of Wall Street. Like, don't judge me by my
1: winners. <laughs> judge me by my losers because they are so few. <laughs> no, please judge me by
0: my winners. I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street since theaters. I need to watch it.
1: The Rewatchables podcast just an episode on it, and now I'm like, wow, I forgot how good this one is. And now you got to watch it. Yeah, it's the best.
0: All right, y'all. Everybody have a great day. Um, enjoy this last second episode, and hopefully we'll be doing this with a natty for a couple of weeks. So we shall see uh, Brody Miller of The Athletic sign up for The Athletic. T-Bob of 104.5 ESPN, and A-bear Specialty Meats. Go buy my meats, peeps. And we will see. Oh, that's a good yawn, bruh. We'll see y'all next week. Holla, holla at your